If you are a stressed out mom who has a child with an IEP, you feel like you need to do more, but yet you feel like you're going in a million different directions. I can't wait to introduce you to Jessica, who knows exactly how you feel, and she's gonna share some tips, some tricks, some strategies, and some resources that have helped her move forward out of the chaos and into some real results for herself and for her children. We're also gonna introduce you to Cozy, the number one family organization app that's gonna help you really get organized in making sure you're getting everything done that's important to you and your family. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast, parents, teachers, admins, and therapists. If you sit at an IEP table, this is for you. Jessica, I'm excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here too. So we're going to chat a little bit about your journey in the special education community. Uh, you have so many great insights and perspectives, but let's get started with how did you end up at an IEP table? I ended up at an IEP table uh, with my son. Uh, we started as early as four and a half years old when my son was diagnosed uh, with autism. And we actually tried to get an IEP earlier than that when he wasn't diagnosed, but because due to only having sensory issues and really not struggling too much academically, uh, he was recommended to join the inclusive classroom, but wasn't offered a spot as an IEP. But once we got the diagnosis, the the process was a little easier for us and it was able to show the areas that he needed the most support and it was mostly behaviorally and that helped us get going. And then I came back to the IEP table for my daughter around the same time. Uh, she was diagnosed with autism as well. But prior to that, we had developmental delay diagnoses for her and she needed support to access a better academic program. And that gave her the opportunity to do that. And then we've just kept moving forward since. So you say, I just kept moving forward as if, as if that was easy, as if yeah. that was like simple, as if there wasn't like 99 different paths and choices that mm -hmm. you had to make. So let's jump into kind of, let's go backwards. Let's go backwards a little bit to that time where you're trying to figure out um, what doctor do I take my children to? What words do I need to use with the school? And in the meantime, you still have to like cook dinner, go grocery shopping. You're you're married, so you're uh, you have an entire family unit that you're working to organize. And when Cozy and the Master IP Coach Mentorship uh, partnered up, and we decided like, yes, Cozy's going to be a great tool. So this app that can help things get organized. You jumped in and said, I already use Cozy, and I love it. So can you share a little bit because. I want people to know that there are resources out there that are not complex. In fact, they're very simple that it can help streamline things. So share a little bit about how Cozy kind of came into your family and what you use it for. Yeah, we started Cozy about four and a half, five years ago-ish. Um, we I don't remember exactly when we jumped into Cozy, but I know my husband and I were having a hard time managing each other's schedules. He needed to know where we were. I needed to know what days he was working. And 
we needed a way to communicate without calls and texts all the time and me having to manage every detail. And then him calling me for, hey, do, do we have something to do today or that? So we, um, we tried other calendars and nothing really worked well. Uh, our information would get deleted or the date would go in the wrong area. So my husband found Cozy and we decided, hey, we'll give it a whirl. And we did the trial and we fell in love with it. And we ever since have been paying for the service actually. And it's really helped us keep the communication together because we can add the calendar to both of our calendars and then we can look at the calendar and then schedule our own time around it. I love that so much. So they have a free version and they have a paid version. Just like anything else that's out there, you get some basics, you can get the experience, you can stick with the basics with that, or maybe you want some more bells and whistles. And for your family, those bells and whistles were working. So to-do lists, and there's ways to set up your grocery shopping list, and there's the communication of, of what's happening. And I love it. I have a blended family. So we have lots of different children going different places and being a newly blended family. I didn't, you know, know my husband's routines. He didn't know my routine. So cozy was a great kind of collaboration tool is really, it's so much more than a calendar. It's just like collaboration tool. So you're going through all of this with your son and with your daughter and you've got these IEPs and you are, you know, you just moved across the country. Like, let's just throw that in there too. So I know that you needed tools and resources to um, get through that process, but there's another piece to your story that you found out you've discovered and you've just started to share. So in the midst of all of this, and I want every parent and teacher who's listening to this, who's like, yeah, but this is what's happening in my life. You don't get it. No, I'm telling you, Jessica gets it. So tell us what has kind of evolved in the last couple of months for you. So after going through all the doctor's appointments, all the specialist appointments, being told, no, this isn't happening for your child. Um, it's something else. It's nothing. It Don't worry about it. It's developmental. Uh, I kept pushing forward, asking questions, researching, trying to understand for myself. I'm very analytical. I like to learn. If there's, if there's a problem, I like to study it and try to figure out a way to solve it. So that's what I did with both my kids. And as I was navigating their diagnoses, trying to find the right doctors, we didn't have anybody pointing us in a direction. It was me. I was the one pointing us into the directions, finding the specialists. And uh, after my daughter was diagnosed with autism, it was about six months ago, I went through the diagnosis process as an adult for autism, and I received a diagnosis of autism and ADHD. So I'll tell you that some people listening just went, what? Like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that after listening to you, or you don't look like an adult who's on the spectrum. There's an invisible piece to mm -hmm. this diagnosis for you. And I know that that is part of what you've been sharing out on social media. You've been talking about what it looks like 
to have autism as an adult or to be raising children who are also on the spectrum. And I love your vulnerability that you're sharing and this perspective, because it's something that, you know, I don't understand it from your viewpoint, but I appreciate your viewpoint to help understand. I'm excited to share with everyone, again, these strategies and tools and resources, something as simple as a calendar app can make a huge difference with your ability to communicate and stay organized with your husband to have a positive relationship and not always be nagging on each other of like, well, what's happening next? And who's going to the grocery store? And who's going to buy this? And what, when's the kid, you know, go into speech therapy? And, and when are we supposed to show up? And who's doing drop off? I, I mean, I know that part uh, uh, of that. <laughs> For sure. So I appreciate you sharing all of those pieces. Um, would you share a little bit about, you know, let, let's get into a little bit of advocacy here in the way of you are a master IEP coach. That's how you and I met. So um, you have been digging into this process of helping not only yourself and your children, but also helping others. And one of the things that I love to share with uh, families and teachers is the creativity that can happen when you think outside the box for things like placement. So let's go back to um, when virtual learning had just started and the school expected your son to sit for something like six hours or something like that, something crazy at the computer. And that just wasn't going to happen. Can you talk a little bit about some of the creative uh, just placement decisions or um, access to the education that has happened for your son through these last you know few months? Definitely. Uh, when we uh, went online, I believe it was March 2020. I can't believe it's already March again. Um, when we first were going in, I've always had a very one-on-one -on -one co uh, communication strategy with his teacher. We talked often, many times, trying to build my own strategy of helping my son, things that I had noticed with reading, and I wanted education, and I wanted I, I just wanted to be a, a part of the process. I also didn't want to be that quote unquote, that mom who was nagging everyone. And I felt I wasn't communicating in the best way when I, before we were going into this. And that's when I did find the master IEP coach mentorship. And it helped me navigate the pandemic a little more with ease because I had an idea of how to communicate with my team and I started building those strategies and those relationships. So the first thing I did was I had a conference on Zoom with his team and I said, this isn't gonna work for him. It's, it's not gonna work for him. And this is what I'm seeing. Uh, he's overwhelmed, uh, he gets significantly overwhelmed and we need to do a way to limit the overwhelm so that I could help him. And I have noticed that we need to go back to basics. We need to go back to the beginning because he's struggling with right now. Nothing's going to come from it if we can't do this. And so we had a very long conversation back and forth about strategies we could do. We tried some virtual meetings. We tried other things. And eventually I called it quits and said, no, we're not doing this. And they said, that is absolutely your decision. I had built the relationship and the communication that they knew where I was coming from. 
and we worked on it as a team and I made sure that we were a team and asking questions and asking for parent education and just, I was struggling trying to take care of my daughter who had significantly health issues and she completely was regressing. Uh, she had so many more needs at, medically than my son and she was being overlooked by all the effort I had to put into my son. I, I told the team, I said, I'm overwhelmed. I have too much on my plate. I want to do it all. I can't. I'm burnt out. I need help. And so we created a plan where we did basic learning for him. We communicated back and forth. And my the teacher would send me emails and uh, strategies of how to help him to read, how help him to learn. And we had signed off consents and stuff for more testing for learning disabilities. So the moment we opened, whether it was the spring, fall, what have you, the moment he's back at school, we could start day one. And I and we had worked on me gathering information. We communicated a lot. And I think that's really what helped us was the fact, open communication, asking questions, and really trying to figure out what the child's needs were. And, um, then you threw in us moving and yeah so she gets everything settled and then she's like well oh and now we're moving across the country but what's really important is you set a foundation that was documented in writing so when change happened you were ready for that. And I want everybody to lean into that because yes, many schools are getting ready to go back to full time. We're not worried about sitting at the computer for six hours for most of our students anymore. But the whole foundation of, of what you did of this communication, now that the students are going back to school, we can't lose that communication. You have to keep putting forth that effort of asking questions and documentation because it is chaos in the school system right now as students are going back. Don't be fooled that just because you're dropping them off that it's not just as chaotic on the inside of the building as it was inside of your house when you were trying to do this. So there's a lot of things that are happening that are demanding a high level of communication. So I know that you, you transferred states, you transferred the IEP. So I'm going to tell everybody that if you guys are doing that, feel free to reach out to Jessica. You can always reach her. There'll be links above and below wherever you're watching this or listening to this. Um, you can always find her at myiepcoach.com. There's a form to fill out. We can connect you with Jessica and make sure that you have the resources that you need to transfer IEPs from state to state because that is a process itself. And you've gone through a couple of more uh, placement changes. It wasn't like you just moved somewhere and you were like, oh, here's the IEP, let's find the best fit and let's go. You've had some other bumps in the road um, in that too. Do you want uh, to share a little bit about your current solutions? I know you've been through a couple of things, but you also have some creative solutions that are happening right now. Uh, yes, I've had a few bumps in the road for both my children. Uh, my oldest is a first grader and we had to go through a new reevaluation. I had a feeling there was learning disability in there and they didn't know him. So it was a longer process that they had to learn and understand him. The thing I made sure that they knew was it's really important to figure out strategies right now so that I could help him at home because we were partially virtual. 
So they took it upon themselves to figure out different ways to help him learn without it being in the IEP. And then when we developed the IEP later and he did receive the diagnosis, it was already set up with this worked, this didn't work, and we could go running with it. And uh, we are just about to go back to full time with him. And I have already had that conversation of what should we expect? He was doing two days in an autism support classroom. And I asked, how is that gonna be navigated now? And how are we gonna support him? And we figured out a plan and helps that kind of bump. So I feel really good that he's prepped. His autism support teacher is spending today and tomorrow prepping him for the experience of both A and B groups coming together and the crazy excitement that's gonna happen. I gave them different tactics with that about behavior, overwhelm, what could happen at recess, just stuff that I had seen. I feel really prepared for him. Uh, when it came to my daughter, it was a little harder to figure out and a lot more bumps, a lot more communication, a lot more frustration on my side. I don't want any parent listen to, listening to this to think it was easy. Like I come off very, oh yeah, it was just like this, it was just like that. No, no, I, tears, frustration, anger. I always check myself before I have any sort of conversation. I take my time to breathe so I can figure out what the best communication is. And for me, it's always offering grace. It's always offering support. And it's always like, hey, help me understand this. Let's understand it together. And so with her, we had her in um, a special education placement in the local uh, in a intermediate units, that's what they call them here. And it wasn't working for her. She was in more of a contained classroom and it didn't work for her personality. Uh, it was too strict. There was too many big behaviors in the classroom and it became overwhelming. She wasn't speaking much and not able to self-advocate. So she couldn't tell me, but she told me by refusing to go to school. She loved her teachers. She, she cried in excitement when she would see them, but she refused to go to school. And that was the hardest thing for me is her not being able to self-advocate. So I, I observed, I asked questions. I really dug deep with the team to try to figure out. And then I listened to my mommy gut and I was like, okay, we need to rethink this. So when I was going to approach the team with it, uh, with the new IEP we were developing, they had already recommended that she go into the inclusive classroom because they feel that would maybe a better experience for her. And it was it was a major relief. Through our conversations, they kind of understood where I was coming from and took that, observed it, took the information and realized that may be a great option. So we implemented it, we got started, and then Two months in, I realized this is not the best fit for her either and not in a bad way. She had developed so much over the last few months about being in person, her self-advocacy, her, her ability to talk and tell me what was going on at school and what she liked and what she didn't like. And the communication with her team was just amazing. We have a really great friendship going on and a really great focus on her. And that's when I approached the team saying this placement is not appropriate for her anymore. 
and I am going to sign her up for um, Montessori because I feel this is best for her personality. It's calmer. It will give her more of an ability to be independent and learn those independent skills that her, her personality needed. She's so incredibly independent, but her body doesn't allow her to completely be independent, but her mind is independent. So she needed the classroom that allowed her to work towards that. And we've, we started last week and she, she can't wait to go back to school. She's so excited. And her team were working together on figuring out when to provide services. We have a plan. We'll finalize it tomorrow. It's just, it's been a much easier process because I took the time to ask so many questions. <laughs> and I, so and many questions. She does mean so many questions. So like, many questions. I love working with you inside of the Master IP Coach Mentorship because you have the best questions. And I'm like, yes, let's dig into that. Let's talk about it. Let's make this happen. I love it so much. What I love about this story and where you're at and the chapter that you're in right now is that you're willing to change things when they're not working and move on to something completely new and different, knowing that it may or may not work. So many times we make choices in an IEP document, whether it's an IEP goal, it's the way services are gonna be delivered, it's the placement, and we kind of dig our heels in. We're like, no, the data said this is best, this is what we need to do. But you're watching your child grow and mature in a different way that was not possible during virtual school. It was not possible during a move across the country. It was not possible. And your daughter has now been put into an environment that helped her thrive so quickly that it was like, thank you very much. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? You know when you buy like a really cute outfit for your kids and you're like, this is so great. And the cutest shoes to go with it too. And they wear it once and you go to put it on next month and it doesn't fit. They went yeah. through a growth spurt and you're like, no, I looked forever for that outfit. And it was so cute. And I didn't even take pictures last time. And now we have to get a different outfit. But that next outfit could be even better. So that's yeah. really what placement feels like. I think when, when we're talking about your daughter and, and outgrowing that. So I appreciate you sharing those pieces. So I'm going to encourage everybody to download the Cozy app, number one. So C-O-Z-I, and I'll put the link to that below too. So download the Cozy app because with all of this chaos, uh, and by chaos, it can be joyful chaos also. So like just has joyful chaos that happens with all the chaos, with all the things, she has consistent tools that she loves to use. And Cozy is one of those. And I'm a big fan of it. She's a big fan of it. So you know what? Just give it a try, guys. So C-O-Z-I, it's in your um, app store, whichever type of uh, smartphone you're using. So give that a try. And make sure that you reach out to myself or Jessica if you're struggling inside of the special education system. We are here to help you. We have a lot of different resources between the two of us. We won't even get into them. Like we just got them. You just tell us what your issues are. You tell us what your struggles are. You tell us why are you crying? Why are you losing sleep at night? What are you thinking? And we'll we'll get you connected. And Jessica, I would love for you to leave a word of encouragement for the the moms who are feeling stuck they are struggling, they are crying, they are feeling stressed, they feel like nobody gets them. And I know that you've been there. So what, what would you like to share to them? I would like to share that 
it's a roller coaster. So even though you may figure out something that's working right now, be prepared to have those moments where you have to redo it. And so make notes and um, be intuitive of the things that are working and what's not working. And take those moments throughout the day to just sit and watch your kids. Just sit and watch, see what they're doing, see how they're growing and changing. And the biggest piece when you're working with your school is don't be afraid to ask questions. <clears throat> I am that mom who asks a lot of questions and sometimes even apologize. Hey, I, I have a few more for you. I, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, but I just want to make sure it's clear and that I'm understanding and there's no miscommunications because I want to make this work the best and make it easy for all of us. So that's my biggest suggestion is don't be afraid. Ask questions, be intuitive, share your thoughts and your input and just be open to a relationship. I love that you said, and I had to laugh it because I, you know, you are that mom who says, hang on, I got a few more. I got, I got a few more questions and I love it. I love it because why walk away from that table or that meeting or that phone call and say, Ooh, I should have asked, but everybody wanted to wrap it up. You know what? Sometimes just knock it out. Just knock out those last few questions so you can walk away with confidence. I also love, and I just want to repeat this for those that, that, you know, there's a lot of moms that need to hear this. It is okay to sit back and watch your children because that can give you more information than engaging at a high level all the time and being super involved and active and hands-on and which we have to be as moms in that and i get that but you're saying and take a minute and step back and just watch take some notes take some data take some joy in, in what is happening and it's okay because you're going to figure it out so jessica i just want to say thank you for being here today and sharing your story i'm so excited for all the parents and teams that are going to connect to um you know your journey and know that they're not alone they have the resource of cozy they have the resource of you they have the resource of us together so everybody just know that you are not alone you can always find us at specialedinnercircle.com and i hope to see you there jessica thanks for being here Thank you.